Hey everyone, welcome to the Wealth Through Real Estate with Empire Industries. This is your host, Steve Rosenberg. I am the owner and co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management. Uh, we are a single family property management company managing uh, close to 900 houses in the Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth area. And uh, our, our thing that we do, which is a little bit different than probably, I would say, most any other management company is, you know, we have... Uh, made a lot of mistakes over the years uh and and we talk about those mistakes a lot and we bring on uh fellow investors and other people to talk about their issues and their challenges and this isn't uh, as much as the feel good happy go lucky uh conversations that most people have talking about how great they are in their fast cars, fast cars, cars. Fast cars. um the, the concept of this show is to really help educate investors not to make the same mistakes that we have all made because even though um Myself and the other gentlemen in the room here are very successful and have very successful businesses. The truth is, is we've all made a lot of mistakes and we probably make them on a daily basis. And um, our job at Empire, we feel, is to create that relationship so that people understand that, number one, you're not out there alone. Number two, there is something after you find the flashy deal to get the return day after day, month after month. And uh, we even do things like our owner education series. Last week, we had a great owner education series here in Houston. I think we had about 300 RSVPs. We had a packed house. Um, the, the guys from the radio station were there. We had uh, the amazing people, uh, the veterans with Camp Hope were there. Uh, we did a big donation to them. Just a, a, a lot of things. A lot of investors came, a lot of communication. And, you know, again, it, it's, it, it's nice to get the deal. That's kind of the fast, sexy thing. But then what do you do once you own the deal? And no one ever tells you the problems of getting these <laughs> deals, which we're going to talk with these guys about. So we've got a great show today. We've got some, uh, some major uh, power players here that we're going to talk about what they do and how they do this. And, um, you know, again, it's not ever too late to make a mistake, and it's not ever too late to fix that mistake and learn the lesson from it. And we're going to talk about that today. So today we've got uh, Gabe Rodarte. Rodarte, did I say that right? Rodarte. Oh, I did say that right. You can nice. say Rodarte. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles. I got the little Spanish <laughs> slang a little bit there. And we got Derek Morell. And um, Gabe uh, owns Vertical House Buyers. And Derek has Good Faith Home Buyers. So, guys, thanks for coming today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Steve. All right, let's just let's just dig into this, man, because I want to I want to hear you guys. Let, first of all, let's just start by Gabe. Tell us kind of what you do, who you go after, what area you work in, and, and give everyone a little synopsis of you in your life. Yeah. Okay. So vertical house buyers, we do pretty much everything in uh, real estate. So um, I started off as a contractor for about 13 years and that's how I got involved. And uh, I started flipping houses for realtors and then the realtors introduced me to the investors that they worked for. And then I did the investors. Then I figured out how to get involved by, you know, pushing them, asking them, Hey, <clears throat> What, uh, how'd you do this? Right. And uh, no one wanted to share with me. So I just found it's out the on secret. the secret. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to You're share. the contractor yeah. that I don't want to lose. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, just went out, searched around and then got involved and, uh, started doing wholesaling on top of the flips, um, buying my own flips and going from there. And I've been doing that for a while. Um, and so, um, I'm an agent. So we list properties for some of our deals that go on and, and, um, some of our buddies and whatnot. We don't do a ton. Right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you name it, we do it. So rentals, um, seller finance, what, you name it. Let me ask you this, you know, because everybody always sees that shiny, sexy thing on the other side. What, you know, you were working as the contractor doing the jobs. Yeah. What kind of got you to flip that switch mentally? Because that's a, that's a big 
challenge a lot of people have is they think that they want to do it. You and Derek, you guys are full time into this. Yeah. That that is a well, it's a commitment number one. I mean, it's a mental and a physical commitment. And then you have family, and you're yeah. kind of saying, "Hey, I'm going to do this." And I'm sure the first thing most people say, "You're crazy. You're going to fail." Yeah. Which I think is funny. You know, as kids, we're always told you can do whatever you want to do. You can be whoever you want to be. You want to be. Yeah. An astronaut, you can be an astronaut. You want to be president, you can be president. You can do whatever you want as kids. And then as we get older, when you actually get out in the real world and you say, I'm going to go do this, they go, that's stupid. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll fail. It's like, right. where did that transition Thanks happen? Thanks for the encouragement, yeah, Mom. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thought I, could be, I thought I could be an astronaut. Now be I the president. I can't even start a business now. I'm going to fail. It's like, that's just, you know, and, and so yeah. it, it's always hard that I think a lot of people, I think secretly a lot of people don't like other people to succeed at some level. I think there's maybe some jealousy, maybe some laziness that they kind of yeah, go, yeah, you know, good. I hope he does it, but I kind of hope he doesn't so that I can sit there and say, see, I told you, I told you you should have yeah. stuck with your job. Yeah. So what was that precipitating thing that kind of got you over that hump? Okay. So um, for us, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time and have not done it right for most of that time. Um, I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, they call those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Those, so tons of lessons. And uh, I got to the point where the pain of me doing the same thing over and over again and not really breaking through mentally and financially, I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? And uh, like I said, I saw quite a few guys. I've always loved the idea of real estate. That's why I like the construction side. Uh, and then people would come back and say, hey, look, uh, you're a contractor. You get one foot in the door already. And uh, and, and truthfully, it, it's not. You know, yeah. you don't really have a foot in the door just because right. you're a contractor. It, you're actually you're almost at a deficit sure. because you know too much. Right. You know, um, yeah, I didn't make as many silly mistakes, but I didn't want to make those being a contractor. I had to make the switch of saying, go out there and make mistakes. Like right. give yourself freedom to do it, because when you own your own property, and you're doing flips and you're doing rental properties and stuff, you do have to look at it a different way than someone else's that's a million dollar piece of property and we're rehab. I mean, we spent 120 grand in someone's master suite before. I mean, so this is, that was the type of contractors we were. So going into a, you know, shotgun house that the ARV is 100 grand, right. you know, 120, it was way different for us. So I had to give myself permission to make more mistakes. So let me ask you this, and I can imagine this was probably something you struggled with. How do you go from saying, you know what, get out of the way, I can do it myself because I know how to do it, you're not doing it correctly. So you you know, you know, have to go from a doer to a leader, yeah. right? And so how, how did you do that? How did you s stop yourself from saying, you know what, get out of my way? Because at some point you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. actually I had to have people tell me. Really? <laughs> you know, yeah, so what I did was I knew I had to get out of my way and I had some awesome mentors, guidance. Um, I did have some, some investing coaching and stuff, right. but really it was just the, it was actually some of my money lenders. I mean, these are the guys who had all the cash and I'm like, I want to eventually be like them. Right. Hey, um, can you look at my books and just tell me what I'm doing wrong? Right. And that's a humbling thing. I mean, especially sure. to be in business for a while and realize, okay, look, this isn't working. And then look at my business structure and like, you know what? You shouldn't be doing that. Right. And that really helped me turn the switch in my own mind to saying, if I want to be like that, what do I have to do? Yeah. You got it. You have to change the mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Derek, uh, you've got good faith home buyers. Tell, tell everyone kind of a little bit about yourself, what you do with your company and, and that story. Yeah. So I did my first deal ever in 2013. I was with the federal government at the time. I was a special agent. Okay. And I'm not from Houston. I, I moved to Houston in 2012. Okay. So. 
a lot of a lot of things happened. I had to make a move into something other than the government. I didn't have to, but I, they basically wanted me to go overseas and do all this do all this stuff over there. I decided not to do that. I had children at the time, so I got into got into looking for real estate investing. And the only way I got into that was because, long story short, I lost my right kidney. And I was in the that hospital. That is a long story short, I have to say. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Go ahead. I, I, I was in a hospital one day. This is like around 2011. Mm-hmm. And I was I just got accepted to the, get this government job. Long story short, I was watching this infomercial at 3 a.m. And I thought my my dream, quote unquote, job of the government was out. So I was like, crap, what am I going to do? Right. I saw this goofy guy at 3 a.m. I'm on pain medicine. So I'm pretty much drugged up. And <laughs> I see no bad I see no bad solution to this one. <laughs> he's talking about real estate. So that that's what impregnated that thought in my mind. Okay. And l- later on, eventually I started searching for stuff. I found a mentor out of Florida. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first started getting into real estate while I was still working. And I did a couple wholesale deals. Okay. A couple small deals here in Houston, and that's what gave me the belief that okay, this thing actually works. Right. You can actually make small chunks of money pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know what's interesting is is you know people either make the the leap of faith like Gabe did, or they're they they have something tragic that happens in their life. Yeah. You know, my story was being an airline pilot and nine eleven happening. You know, up until September tenth, I thought I had the best job in the world, right. safest, securest. Mm-hmm. You know, flying for a major airline, no worries in the world. On September 12th, I was basically sent a furlough notice saying, you're going to be on the street with 250,000 other airline pilots. Wow. Good luck. Thanks for playing. <clears throat> and so that that safe, secure job that you think you have doesn't exist. And wow. that that's one of the things where, you know, you, you're going down this track and all of a sudden, you know, I hear about this thing called real estate. And my thing was, I, I don't know anything about this because my whole life I had studied to fly airplanes. And all of a sudden you start going, wow, this is interesting. And then you start realizing there's a lot of wealth tied to real estate. Right. And you start kind of slowly maybe dipping a toe in the water and then maybe a foot. And then, you know, it kind of goes further. But, you know, in, in the next segment, we'll talk about some of our our once we jumped in, how we failed. So because we all have at mm-hmm. some level um, and we'll talk about that. But it, it's very interesting how sometimes something pushes you or sometimes you make the faith, uh, you make the leap. Yeah. Right. And, and there's no right or wrong reason. It just is, right? Yeah. yeah. And and it's a tough it's a very tough thing to go through to make that decision. Whether you make it on your own or not, it's a very vulnerable position because yeah. you really have to open yourself up to say, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing. And if you don't, you end up failing, right? I mean yeah. failing as far as going out of business failing. Yeah. Because if you try to do it yourself and you try to have that path that you're gonna do, you're just you're kind of going to the crash site quicker yeah. you know and one thing i always tell people is don't do what i did when i left the government job i was faced i had to go to iraq for a year these are the options i had two kids at the time go to iraq for a year go to afghanistan for a year go to dc and be part of this elite group that goes to those places 70 percent of the time anyway those are my options and so when i jumped in september of 14 not even four years ago I had over $50,000 of credit card debt. My wife didn't have an income. I had two kids. I walked away from insurance. Wow. I walked away from the TSP, which is their 401k plan, right. the government plan. I walked away from a cushy job making just right around six figures. I, I risked everything That's a huge to jump lead. in. Huge. Yeah. And so I don't recommend people do that, sure. but I yeah, burned my boats sure. and right. it helped me right. overall. But, well, yeah, maybe maybe that did. Maybe that's what made you be successful is you had no turn back. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So we, we've got to go to a break. Uh, Derek, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk to you, what, what's a good contact number and email for that? 
Um, email is my first, first name's Derek, D-E-R-E-K at goodfaithhomebuyers.com. That's probably the absolute best way to get a hold of me. Okay. And Gabe, how do they get a hold of you? Info at verticalhousebuyers.com or 832-263-2613. All right. And if you want to talk to Empire and you want to do a, maybe a wealth building strategy mm. session, we do them for free just to see what your challenges are. You can look us up online at EmpireIndustriesLLC.com. You can also go to our Facebook page. You can like us there. Uh, we also have created a wealth, uh, a landlord survival handbook that's brand new that's coming out. We have a website. It's www.selfmanagemyproperty.com. And uh, you can buy the manual, you can download some free forms, and it's basically made for the investor uh, that manages one or two properties the same way we manage about 900 properties. So it's a proven <laughs> method. We do it every day. It's kind of our life, and it's like, hey, this is what we do. So it's just a small difference. Just That's a small yeah. difference, yeah. So we'll be back after the break. This is uh, Steve, we got Gabe, and we got Derek. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Bye bye. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Wealth Through Real Estate with Empire Industries. This is your host, Steve Rosenberg, owner and co-founder of Empire Property Management. I want to thank everyone for listening today. We've got some uh, good friends of ours. we got Gabe Rodarte from Vertical House Buyers, yeah. and we got Derek Morell with Good Faith Home Buyers. And uh, last segment, we were just talking about kind of what gets you off the ledge, right? Everyone has to get some, either they're pushed or they jump, but... At some point, when you start your own business, you're going off the ledge, right? Um, sometimes you don't want to. Um, I was happy being an airline pilot. I never really wanted to own real estate. I never wanted to be an investor, and I never ever thought I would be speaking on stage in Australia and other places <laughs> on this subject. Mm -hmm. But you know, something happened—a day in history that changed my life. I had no control over it, but you know, you gotta react, right? And you got—that—that's just life. Yeah. So everybody has these stories, and and I think. A lot of people like to hear that you guys are human also, that you guys make mistakes, that you oh, guys yeah. have these problems that you never thought. So let me ask you guys this. When you, when you, before you made the jump in midair while you're jumping into your new <laughs> career, Derek, what was the first, what was your biggest fear? Like when you did this? <clears throat> biggest fear... I, I think that the, the natural fear was the unknown. Okay. So, okay, I'm not single anymore. If I was single and stuff happens, I can live in my car. Who cares, yeah, right? Right. But when you have a wife, when you have kids, that sure. changes the whole game. Yeah. So it's not so much I'm protecting myself. It's like now i got to protect this, this Your, little tribe, sure. this yeah. little family, right? Yeah. And so the fear is you never want to be the guy who runs a collision course with your family and destroy something or just put your family at great pain. Especially when you had a career yeah. and you were fine. I mean, obviously going to, you know, putting your life in danger overseas, but but essentially your 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 tribe was safe. Correct. Yeah, and I mean, that's a that was a massive fear that we had to overcome, me and my wife and and she was 100% supportive. She was. And that, good. that was huge. Yeah, you got to have that, That right? was huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, what how do you have those conversations? Cause that that's a t <laughs> hey honey guess what I was thinking today my you know? I was up at three a.m. and yeah, uh, I, I, was, <laughs> I was all dosed up and I, I was on pain meds up. and I saw this <laughs> infomercial and remember those credit cards yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they were at zero yeah. uh, so I'm I'm a huge mindset guy mm -hmm. and you know I was, I'm former military all the stuff I thought I had a pretty good mindset but then I got introduced to like real mindset right. for entrepreneurial type stuff my my first mentor the guy in Florida. He said, he had a comment, he said, you'll never own the real estate under your feet until you own the real the six inches of real estate between your ears. 
Interesting. And I started getting into the mindset. And part of mindset is just having a specific focus, goal, a destination of where you want to go. Right. And so when 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 my wife and I, we got together, since we were creating at that point, like, what do we want? Here's a blank piece of paper. Let's create our dreams. Now we're thinking 5, 10, 20, 30 years in the future. Right. When you have this destination, trajectory. you're an yep. yep. air, you know, you put your coordinates into air traffic yep. control. You got yep. a place you're going. Yep. Now we could dream together. And we can come, okay, this is pretty cool. Now what does it take to What's the strategy? get yeah. there? Yeah. Sure. yeah. And, and we both agree that it's going to be a five. The first five years are going to be pretty tough. Right. We're four. We're about four years into that. Okay. Just under four years into our five years. All right. So let me ask you this. So you're, you're, you're four years into this. Let's talk about, you know, things that have happened. Mm-hmm. What, what, let's, you know, let's get something good. I want to hear something juicy. One of those, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, and, and, and I talk about this, and I'm definitely vulnerable with this, and it's totally cool because I think it's great impact. But w- when I first started getting into wholesaling, I, you know, I started doing a bunch of deals. You, mm-hmm. know, you, you get 50, 60 deals, and you think you're, you're doing pretty well. Well, then I thought back then, which was you know, not too long ago, that you had to be a rehabber to be an investor. Right. I thought that. I thought wholesaling was junior varsity and rehabbing was varsity. That's where the cool guys hang. So I, I thought I had to do rehabs, <laughs> right? So I, I got involved with this guy. And he was going to take care of the construction side of things. I was going to take care of the, the money, raising money, negotiating, get the deals. Right. And we were going to ride off in the sunset. Well, sure. we, we take down four, four, flip, four rehabs, like bang, 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 within a month or so. He starts doing his thing. I'm doing mine. Long story short, things started getting delayed. And about a year and a half of hell later, misery, I mean, I'm talking, I lost count over 70, 80 K of how much money was, was gone. And I'm talking, this was my world because I'm still in growth mode. Right. I don't have any and learning mode and learning mode, yeah. learning mode yeah. you know, I'm paying off old debts and now I'm getting in growth mode. And then you have this whole world start collapsing on you. And it's not something that just happened in a, w- a week. I'm right. talking over months and right. years. And I didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. in, in that I didn't do, I didn't defraud anyone. I was getting defrauded. However, sure. I signed agreements with this guy, yeah. and I take personal responsibility for that. But it was a tough road, and out of that road, I revamped everything in my business. I have a different strategy. I have a different focus. I do three things in my real estate business. That's it. Right. You could bring me something else. I will say no Good. because I'm very focused, and I learned that because – I was a little too cocky early on because I was right. getting some this success. This is easy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got I got kicked in the kicked in the teeth. Got my yeah. teeth kicked in, and and we talked about that yeah. before. And it's like I learned, and probably I'm I'm, I'm super grateful it happened. Well, and you know, when Pete and I, Pete Pete will call it a stupid tax or whatever you call it. it yeah. It's it's one of those things that you go, you know what? At least it was only seventy. At least it wasn't seven hundred thousand. Oh yeah, right. And so there, there's ways to look at it, right? And, and you hear, yeah, you hear stories, and and the the, the cool thing about it was, <laughs> if I didn't have this basis of mindset to to regress to, and I mean, I I, I got so many concepts, personal concepts of growth out of this sure. dark times. Because I was seeking. That's to where the learn. lessons come. Absolutely, yeah. you know, 100%. in the darkest in the darkest days. I mean, that's kind of when you when you you got to dig deep inside Soul you searching. and go, hey, how <laughs> what's going on know, here? How, yeah, how do I how do I pull this out of right. me? Because you, and, and we all have our stories, and I'd like to hear yours, Gabe. Next is you know, when it's happening, you really don't realize that it's a lesson. You don't realize that you're what you're doing. You're Sucks. just you're just <laughs> yeah. getting shit done. You yeah. know, it's like I I got to make this happen. Like I'm not yeah. going to fail. You know, and and. You you figure it out. 
you know, everybody figures it out. And I don't know if that's a human nature yeah. thing or a survival thing, but you realize that, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, I can't believe I did that. Right. Mm -hmm. it, when you look back at it as a lesson, you're like, why would I ever think that was going to work? Or what would I have done differently? And right. you, you learn those lessons. But at the time, Huge. you're going, give me out. Give me out. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to figure know? out how to get out. Yeah. So, right. Gabe, let, let's hear kind of, you know, you went from from the contractor to that. You know, I, I didn't know if you had family or not at the time. But Oh, what? man. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So a little bit of our story is. uh uh, yeah, have a wife, three kids. During the process, I mean, our, our family's um, our oldest is seven, so we've been just growing living through that, this whole that thing. Life, huh? Same as Derek, our yeah. kids are the same age, and uh, so you know, just the, really the big hurt for us was when we started going from contractor and me. That's mainly my business to jumping into real estate. Did, well, um, hold on, did you straddle the fence at first? Or I you straddled the fence for way too long. That's okay. really the hurt. The the I mean I, I mean I Part fell while I straddled the fence, which yeah. I mean if you can imagine, yeah. it hurt quite a few times. That'll hurt. So uh, <laughs> uh, what ended up happening is uh, we did, we did really well. I mean we're just knocking it out on the real estate side and, and mainly um, wholesales and flips. Okay. And so what, like what within, price points were you at? Um, we were doing everything under three hundred. Okay. So we weren't doing big flips at all. So. Um, within about eight months, we we ranked in somewhere around like 170 okay. within eight months. So as a contractor, you know, that's huge. That's, sure. you know, that's really good compared to what we were doing it's, before. Yeah. And it was a lot easier work. Right. You're you not, know, you're I wasn't get, managing grinding, guys. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, traveling around doing stuff. And uh, so straddling the fence is really I failed the most. Without, and, without being more vertical into one yeah, specific. Yeah. And so um, me trying to get out of that was the biggest thing that I had to, to struggle through. And I felt like I was just being drugged behind a car. Just it's like killing another you with a spoon. Yeah, it's like a bump. spoon. It's like. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when are you going to learn? Let me try it again. Yeah. Let me try it again. And then, uh, so, yeah, it was during those, those deep, deep times where we're just like, you know what? It's, it's time to make the shift. How, how, what kind of time frame was it from the, I mean, this, this long dragged out Ooh. period before you actually said, you know what, that's it. I'm cutting the rope and, and flipping. Uh, it took me about two, two and a half years. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That so, is yeah we time. don't do any construction and stuff. I mean, I do flips. Right. Um, I like doing flips. I mean, they're okay. That mm -hmm. They're still good, but, um. We don't run crews or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like, of no. work. It's a, yeah, when I do, it's, I'll end up talking to Derek. He's like, "Why are you doing that?" And I'm like, "Dude, this is easy. For, like, I don't even have to think about it." Yeah, you know, but because um, of your background, my background, but right. I have to, I have to make myself offload things. Yeah. So okay. So now you, you've jumped into the water. You made the leap. Yeah. Let's hear about one of those stories that you just man, you, you hate. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the, the, the stomach churns a little when you think about yeah, it. Yeah. You know what? Mine are um, ones that I missed out on. So I had some awesome deals that uh, because of my construction background, I looked at the deal and uh, basically backed out of a deal that someone it made like eighty grand on it. And how that happened was I overthought it as the wrong seat. I was looking at it from that old construction. I know what's going to happen. I don't know what's behind that wall. I know what's going to happen over here. And my mindset for that moment just wasn't there. So we talk about mindset in here, and it's really a daily thing. Yeah. You got to be in the groove every day, especially in this business, because the deal comes up and goes within minutes. Yeah. You know? And so, yes, yeah, that's my big walk away. That was the biggest pain because I realized. I got to switch. I'm leaving money on the table. Yeah. I'm not winning because I'm not acting like I need to be, you know, like a business person in real estate. You basically outsmarted yourself yeah. by not being, you know, you were too smart. And I remember, you know, I got into this when I first started, I was doing the, the, uh, 
flipping wholesaling, um, not flipping, but just wholesaling. Or, yeah. And uh, I remember I knew nothing about this. I took a course from a guy in California. He taught me over the phone. I paid him, I don't know, like 10 grand and, you know, a couple phone conversations and he sent me these contracts and, you know, I'm calling in the green sheets and doing all this <laughs> shit, you know, and next thing you know, I get a deal and then I get a buyer and, and then he's like, okay, we're going to, you're going to do what's called the double close. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's that? You know, and he, <laughs> yeah. he's like walking me through as I'm heading to the title company to make this thing happen. And nowadays you would have so many people tell you why you couldn't do it. Right. And I've learned, and that was one of the biggest things I say, you know, everybody tells me why you can't do something, right. but nobody tells me why I can, mm-hmm. I can do it. I did it. I didn't even know. And, and like you right. said, to your, to your uh, point, I could have, if I, had I known more about real estate, I would have talked myself out of doing that deal. Yeah. I would have said why this wouldn't have worked. Yeah. The person was heading to foreclosure. It was one of those textbook scenarios. Right. It just happened to align and work. And it worked for me without me even knowing what was going on. And next thing you know, I get this check and I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool, you know? And then I tell other people and they're like, how'd you do that? And I, and I explained what I did and they're like, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm pretty sure I can because I just got a $10,000 check doing this, you know? But, but that's the thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's the mindset. And we'll, we'll talk about that. We come back from the break. I'll tell you more about my story, my, my turning point with Pete. It's kind of a funny one. But um, Gabe, if they want to get a hold of you and talk to you about some deals, what's your good contact? Yeah, um, you could call me at 832-263-2613 or info at verticalhousebuyers. And you're, are you on uh, Facebook as well? Yeah, Facebook. Yep. Okay, you can check so us they can find you on Facebook. And Derek, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, best way is email Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at goodfaithhomebuyers.com. Dot com. And uh, you're, I'm assuming you're on Facebook as well. I'm on Facebook, Derek Morell. That's D-E-R-E-K-M-U-R-R-E-L-L. And I also have a business page, Good Faith Homebuyers LLC. Okay. Yeah. And these guys got great, uh, great deals, great properties. Give them a call. I mean, very, very uh, approachable. And uh, again, it's all about sharing the wealth, sharing the education. Uh, at Empire, if you want to talk to us, we do have agents. We're full brokerage. We offer everything from lease onlys to wealth building strategy sessions to management. I mean, you name it, and we are here to help. So give us a call. Also, go to selfmanagemyproperty.com. You can find our Ultimate Landlord Survival Handbook. Download that and learn the mistakes that we have made from the past. And we'll be back after the break. Nice. The Wealth Through Real Estate with Empire Industries. This is your host, Steve Rosenberg. And I am the owner and co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management. We are the property management that is owned and run by investors. Our goal is to be relationship-driven. We want to be able to basically help you not make stupid decisions. That, that's the only way I could put it, you know? <laughs> I mean, everyone sits there and talks about what they do. At the end of the day, I don't want to manage a piece of crap house that you buy and expect you know us to turn it into a palace mm-hmm. and expect all these things so my goal is when i talk to investors is i want to have that real expectation conversation with them saying look what are your goals like you talked about why are you in this industry what are you doing and what's the strategy to get you there because yeah. just bringing a deal to us going hey this is a great deal it may be a good deal for you but it may be a shitty deal for you right. and it could make me go bankrupt it, it depends yeah. on the goals, right? It depends on the strategy. And one of my big learning lessons in this whole deal was when I first got involved in real estate, when Pete and I owned these properties, you know, we had some apartment complexes, we sold those apartments, 
Then we had some, you know, Pete, Pete, I still blame him. He came to this great idea says, hey, you know, we can buy these great deals. They're, they're, nobody wants them, so we can get as many of them as we want. And I'm thinking, wow, that's cool. What are the odds, you know? And uh, <laughs> that should have been the sign, right? And then he's like, they're, they're called low-income, high-cash-flow properties, which the low-income was right. The high-cash-flow right. was never right. So, you know, I'm like, well, why buy one? Let's buy as many as we can, you know? So in about a year, we buy about 20 of these beauties. Nice. And uh, next thing you know, you know, we're, we're th- these people uh, called tenants start calling and they're calling and they're calling. And I'm like, holy shit, these people will not stop calling us like to where you don't even want to answer your phone. You right. wake up and you're like, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, we started becoming very, very reactive. I mean, we were so emotionally tied to these deals. Anything we could do to get these properties rented, I would get up. I would literally get up at three in the morning. I would make these handmade signs with fluorescent that said like uh, rent special, deposit special, bad credit okay. Well, when you advertise bad credit okay, guess who calls a freaking number, right? People with shitty credit, right? So my phone's ringing. We're getting people in these properties. And, you know, it was so funny that this one property we had over on the east side of town, I'll never forget this. Uh, We had a tenant in there and... The tenant was never paying on time. They were always late. And finally, they, they skipped, right? So Pete and I decide, you know, we're really strapped on cash, right? We, we've got like 20, 25 of these things. We're just, we're just sucking money out of our pockets like it's a funnel, right? Huh. And um, we're going, you know, maybe we should save some money and do the trash out ourselves. So we go into this house. It's a two-bedroom house, right? Two-bedroom, two-bath. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maybe 900 square feet mm-hmm. at the most, right? right? We're thinking, how hard can this be, right? We'll just throw in some clothes. We'll go. So I literally land from my airline job. I head over there in my pilot uniform. I change in the street into my street clothes, right? Pete shows up. He takes a day off of work. We show up at this house. We're at this house where we walk inside, and it was like aliens must have taken this lady out of the house at the, because everything in this house was, like, left intact. But wow. it had been about two or three months, and the power was off. So we go and open the fridge, no. and I think oh, I don't know if he threw bad. up right then or he went outside and threw up, but it was it was it was unbelievable the smell. Oh, if there was any less than a thousand cockroaches in this house, I would be. Uh, it was unbelievable how many there were. <laughs> Clothes, family albums, pictures. I mean, it was wow. like it was like she just left in the middle of the night. Maybe she got arrested. I have no idea. So we decide to trash out this house, right? So we're bringing all this crap out. And it must have taken us at least six hours of bringing trash to the street. And as we're bringing stuff to the street, the neighbors, you know, because nobody works in these bad neighborhoods. So the neighbors are all hanging out, drinking their drinking their beers and stuff. And they kind of knew us because we were the only white guys in the neighborhood coming to collect rent all the time. So they're pulling the stuff to the street. And as they're doing it, they're kind of walking through all the stuff and kind of like yard sale, right? They're kind of grabbing. We're like, yeah, man, take it. Less stuff we have to take to the dump, right? So hey, you might help me out inside. Can yeah, you grab the sofa well, with me? Well, we got, a, we got a couple kids. We hired a couple kids to do this. So these kids Did are helping really? us. And everyone's That's like awesome. grabbing stuff, you know. <laughs> It, the funniest thing is this one guy takes the photo album and I'm like, what are you going to do with the photo? It's not even you, you know, and he, he wanted the photo album. So anyways, you know, Pete and I are going through this whole That's process. Awesome. We're spending the whole day. I think Pete threw up like two or three times in this day just because oh, of the man. smell and the cockroaches. Oh. We finally get everything out of the house, and I'm thinking, ah, pretty good. We did a pretty good job. So I, I turn around, I look at Pete, and I go, hey, man, I go, how much money do you think we saved? And I'll never forget the look. He has like a piece of trash hanging off of his face, right, at the time, right? And he looks at me and he goes, Steve, he goes, what do you do for a living? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, what do you do for a job? And I said, well, I'm an airline pilot. He goes, what do you make an hour? And I I just, I I didn't understand what he was getting at. He goes, 
I'm in charge of a whole IT department at a, at a huge company. He goes, do you know what that would have cost us just to get someone to do that for three hours? <laughs> He's like, what are we doing? He's like, we will never, ever do this again. He goes, I will never try. And, and I'm like getting yelled at by this guy that has trash on his face. So it's kind of, it's kind of comical, you know? Yeah. So, so he's like, he's like, we either need to fix this or we need to sell these things. Yeah. He's like, this is not working. Mm. And I'm like, just standing there, you know, and he gets in his car and turns <laughs> off. I'm standing there, you know, with all this shit in the yard and stuff. And so that's when we realized, you know what, we are not running this like a business. And that yeah. was a huge low point. And we finally realized, you know what, we are our own worst enemy. We weren't getting out of our way. Yeah. We were so emotionally tied to these deals. We could not stop thinking the emotional side and not the business side and you know i don't know much about how you guys run your stuff as a business but but i i do know that one of the biggest challenges investors have and as well as you know property management companies or anybody is they don't run it like a business they don't actually right. have that structure of you know what i'm taking off my hat as a family man i'm putting on my hat as a businessman and i'm going to work even if it's in the next bedroom where your office yeah. is you're going to work mm -hmm. and and i think it's hard for people to to do that and so i'm curious you know that was a big big turning point for us i mean after that we said you know what we are running this like a business we sat down for like six months and he and i created the infrastructure of what our company is today mm. but it was really from the viewpoint of investors that's good and, and we really looked at it of okay if we have to evict our tenants we're kicking them out if they don't follow the policies and we ended up kicking out about 70 percent of them which when wow. you're paying the mortgages for mm. them it's tough to make that call yeah. but that was our deal. If we're doing this, we're all in and we're pushing the chips in and we're we're burning the boats, yeah. you know? You had to skip the disc a little bit for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, what do you guys do? How do you guys separate the fact that, you know, because you don't have to show up and report to anyone. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you guys set that schedule in your life? I'll, I'll, I'll jump on this. So when, when I got out of that dark time, which wasn't too long ago, I, I created a filter in my life. It's my three pillars, time, freedom, and impact. Those are three pillars of my life that I filter inputs through. And if it doesn't fit those pillars, I don't do it. So for me, I, I have certain business goals. I have a transactional side and I have a, a, a net cash flow side, a passive side. I do it through notes and I still do transactional deals. Right. So I also like to be very virtual. So I have virtual assistants. I do have a couple folks on the ground here, but we do everything <clears throat> virtually. So the boundaries are it is a difficult thing to do so i do have a home office yeah i have three kids right we have a family and they don't know those you know how, how do you it, tell your kid hey yeah. I'm, I'm working shut the door you it's, know yeah it, it's definitely hard because they don't understand that if i wasn't working here if i was still working at this uh, this government job i'd be traveling 60 percent. they don't get it yeah. you yeah, know and exactly it, it's hard to explain so i i definitely have to set boundaries if i sometimes i just have to leave the house and and my new office is in panera bread or or wherever because <laughs> nice. there's that guy in the yard again in his underwear yeah, walking yep. around <laughs> and, and one of the things that i chose for my three pillars is i'm not trying to have an office with a bunch of employees where now i'm sucked into that vortex sure and i'm not saying it's good or bad it's just something that i'm personally yeah, it's personal belief yeah sure. personal thing so um and with that comes the challenges, but with that comes the benefits of, of other things too. So, um, but how do you do that? How do you, on a daily, you know, I, I get the concept, but how yeah. do you, on a daily basis, how do you do that? Cause that's tough for people. I, you know, I, we do tell the kids daddy's working. He's working. Yeah. You know, um, 
I do come out and play every now and then and, and sure. do stuff, take little breaks. But when you know, I shut the door, I lock the door often, mm -hmm. and I get to work. Or especially if I'm on a phone call, Daddy's on a phone call or phone calls. Sure, you know, and they yeah. they kind of get it. Or they go downstairs. We have two floors in our house, so maybe they're downstairs. I'm upstairs, something yeah. like that. It, it's tough, Gabe. How, how do you do that? We do the same thing. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, we home office. Uh, our team is um, pretty much the same as Derek's as far as like how we have it um, divided up. My wife, she, I mean, she was in real estate for a while, and so uh, she's a more of a transactional type person, so she's still involved in what we do. So it, it, it gets really technical sometimes on uh, tight deals or something we need to close on right. quickly, and we have four days to close on a property. Um, but, you know, our thing is just that we involve the kids in everything we do. Okay. You know, and, uh, and I just learned it from someone else. You know, I mean, your son's buying properties. Like, yeah. so we just tell them, hey, look, this is what's going on. I'm about to buy a house. Let me show you. Now I got to go to work and go do it. Right. And uh, they don't know the days when I was gone all the time. Right. So, you know, I would share with them and say, hey, look, there was a time I wouldn't even be able to do this. Like, I didn't see you. I wouldn't see you here in the morning. I wouldn't yeah. see you in the afternoon. I wouldn't see any of you guys. Right. So I, I actually have to share with them more and more. And then we just have phrases throughout our family, throughout our life. Um, all the time. We, we always, every day, I feel like we're repeating ourselves with these guys. But um, this is why we're building it. Right. Yeah, you know, it's for no, these guys to build now, a legacy. Do you guys, um, as far as the 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 kids that you have, like I said, my my son just he's fourteen years old. He, he's the awesome one, man, and he's the one who came to me and he said, "Dad, I want to buy a rental property." And I'm yeah, like, "Okay," that's so and, cool. and he's like, "I want to buy it before I'm in ninth grade." And I'm like, uh, "Okay," <laughs> and I, you know, and you know, I in my car. I mean, I'm I'm an avid listener of audiobooks, right. Grant Cardone, you know, right. Andy Frisella, all these guys. I'm constantly listening, just soaking my brain up with this all the time. And I make him actually, he listens to Grant Cardone and mm. that's part of his chores that he has to listen to, to something educational that's every day. Awesome. And what's funny is, is you don't think about it at the time. I'm just like, Hey, I want you to, you know, I want you to be on that track a little bit. And the fact that he said that and came to me and said, Hey, you know, dad, I've got $10,000 saved. And I want to buy a rental property. And I'm like, well, you can't buy one with 10. And so he was like, huh? And then he said, well, how can I? Yeah. I said, well, I said, there's ways. I said, you can partner. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'll go in halves with you. I said, we're 50, 50. And he said, okay. He said, can we do that? And I said, we can do whatever we want. I said, <laughs> you know, if you want me as a partner, we can do it. And so, and, and that's the thing nice. is, you know, again, the fact that he came said that, you know, I mean, no one ever showed me how to buy properties. Right. You know, I had to figure it out on my own. And, and you know, it, it's interesting. You don't realize how what you guys are doing permeates out to the mm. rest of your family. That's cool. You don't realize it in the heat of battle, right? You're right. just working, right? You're just working. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to leave a legacy behind. And that legacy transpires to your children and, and hopefully them. And that wealth translates to them right. as well and it's just it's very interesting to have that for me yeah. to see that happen within the last week where he says that and then you know we, we make that the, a plan the, the point that he made that, that he asked you a how question shows yeah. great maturity it's huge i it's mean huge. There, too many people ask what questions what if i can or what, what about this what about that but asking the how question shows yeah. massive maturity yeah absolutely absolutely i mean it was great i mean i was like man that's cool you know and so we went and saw the house and you know it's all done and uh my our good friend ryan you know he got it all ready for us and everything and uh the one thing we left and he goes oh wait a second and he runs back inside and he grabbed a brick that one of the extra bricks in the garage he goes i'm gonna take that home with me i'm awesome. like oh that's cool man good for you wow, so you know cool. again it's just one of those things that that 
you don't realize it until all of a sudden it comes back to you and it rebounds back for right. something that's like that. Cool. And that was a huge lesson. I was like, wow, that's cool, man. That's cool. Because, you know, we're all out there working every day yeah. and all of a sudden, boom, you know. So when we come back, we're going to talk about kind of what you guys do uh, more on the daily basis. we got a commercial coming up here. So uh, listen for the next couple minutes. We'll be back and we're going to be talking with Gabe and Derek. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Wealth Through Real Estate with Empire Industries. This is your host, Steve Rosenberg, owner and co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management Company. Uh, we've had a great conversation with these guys. I mean, just so much knowledge and, you know, you learn so much from from talking to like-minded people. I, I really, really enjoy just kind of everything they do. Gabe, you've got a great organization that you do. Let's talk a little bit about that and what you're doing because you've got some events coming up, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So we run the North Houston Real Estate Investors Group. So this is, I think we're, I think if I'm correct, this coming Monday, uh, so it's always the second Monday of every month, and uh, this will be our third year, like exactly really? 36 months in a wow. row. Uh, yeah, so we've been doing that for a while. We got a great community that goes out there. And uh, so we network, we educate, uh, we try to stay high level positivity. Uh, we had Steve come out quite a few times. Yeah. Um, and you're coming out next month, actually. Next month, I'll be there in August. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. We got to talk about what you want to do. And, and yeah, uh, man, absolutely. when Steve comes out, the whole room gets <laughs> fired up. And, and, and you I, know. I tell you what, it was a great, when I came last time, it was a great crowd. I, I was really impressed by everyone that was there. And, uh, you know, you, you, you filled the room. There was a lot of like minded people. And I, I, there was some good energy, I got to yeah. say. It was really nice. Yeah, we try to keep to the uh, the high le level energy, and um, we we just say no jerks. You know, yeah. you're like, hey, look, if you're gonna come in here and you're gonna you know discourage a bunch of new people, or yeah. you're gonna just discourage people. Just that's not what we're about. We're about helping people be successful and grow because I needed it. You know, that's really Everybody what it comes down it. to. And you know, it's funny is there's always a bigger fish out there. You know, every you oh, know, gosh. I talk to some people all the time, and you know, I. I, I you know, believe it or not, I try to be pretty humble. You know, when I talk, to, and, and you know, when I when I talk to people, I, I don't tell them what I do. I don't tell them right. that I'm an airline pilot. I don't tell them about the company and all this stuff. You know, I, I'm very. I like to hear what people have to say, and I want to hear that. And I love when people just come in and they kind of like are. You know, I'll be standing next to someone. You know, just standing, getting something to drink, and they're they're kind of asking me what I do and this and that, and they want to educate me and I'll sit there and listen and thank them. And then I go up on stage and I'm the speaker. <laughs> and you know, it's just, it's funny that, that after when they're like, Oh, you didn't tell me you were the speaker. I'm like, well, you never asked. You were too busy. telling me why you're so smart. Right. You know? yeah. and, and it's just interesting that I, I, and I will say at your event, it was great because you guys really have a good culture, which it's, it's hard to get that. It really is. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been, you know, we all, we all speak and we all do this and it's, it's very hard when you go to some of these events and you're like, Oh, this is a different, this is a different yeah. group here. Yeah. Everyone's better than everybody else. You know? Oh man. Yeah. I mean, in panels to you name it, um, that, you know, so, um, like even when we do panels, we try to make sure, and I'll talk to the, to anyone who's speaking, um, yeah. even the vendors. So we vet our vendors and I'll, I have conversations with the vendors saying, Hey, people are going to come in here. I want them to leave encouraged. Absolutely. Give them everything you have. Don't hold anything back and be high level positivity. I mean, just encourage them to be successful. Absolutely. So, so that's how we try to give. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. So when is you have an event this this yeah, month? Yeah, this right? coming Monday. So July 9th, we're gonna have Matt Trenchard. Yeah, Matt from, from Senna. Senna. Yeah, yeah, he's a good friend of ours. We actually connected here whenever we're um, on the radio nice. a couple weeks back, that's and I was right. like, dude, you need to come and just let's yeah. just have a great time up Matt's there. Matt's a so great guy. They're Matt gonna Sam. share a lot about uh, just the marketing and how to pull in deals and just some of the structure stuff that they've gone become really great at. Yeah, they're good. Um, and he's a big giver. 
He um, is. He's Matt, like, Matt's hey, a good just friend. ask me a question. I'll be able it's to It's funny because my son is actually going to go intern over there at their office. Awesome. And we have yeah. uh, uh, Daryl Dyke's son is interning at our office right now. Oh, cool. Nice. So awesome. we kind of, yeah. you know, it's like we're like, hey, let's all let's all teach our kids different, you know, because my son doesn't really want to hear from me every day. So right. let, let me go give them to someone else, you yeah. know. And uh, so that's I don't know if you guys uh, have ever thought of doing that, but offering the internship for other people is that's really a great, great way because, you know, you get a high school kid that they just want to learn something, yeah. you know, and. My son's going to go walk properties with the property managers and just understand what goes on in the real estate. And so there's so many different ways that it's just a different way of giving back that, you know, again, what you do and how you give that education is huge because you can't normally get so many like-minded people in one room very often. Right. Right. And, you know, again... You could have one poison that samples that that ruins the whole thing, yeah, right? And yeah. you guys have done a good job of keeping that out. Yeah. So if we got some top notch people in there, man, I mean, there's people that I'm like, look, guys, you, some of you guys in here know far more than me. I'm just leading this group and Absolutely. putting it together and being the leader and having some focus here and yeah. gathering everybody. But man, there's some people in there that just has so much knowledge they could they could do a whole thing. No, you know? I agree, I so. agree. And uh, Derek, what do you got going on, man? Well, I don't have a group, so I'm, I'm a free agent. Uh, <laughs> you can get drafted. Yeah. Okay, so we'll have you out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Derek, Derek and I met uh, at the Propelio event. Yeah. And, uh, you know, good good group of guys. They were, you know, Ryan Harper oh, down yeah. in uh, uh, up in Dallas. And uh, he was here in Houston. And yeah. then you and I went up to Dallas and spoke yeah. up there. Um, so you do a great job speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when, when I had all this stuff going on in my life, I, year and a half, two years ago. I mean, I shut everything down. I, I chopped off the fat mm-hmm. and I said, okay, I, I was doing the shiny object for a while. Yeah. I was chasing, I was seeking approval. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing instead of being a person of influence. So now all I do is three things in real estate. I wholesale, I wholetail, buy as is, sell as is. Mm-hmm. Notice I don't do rehabbing. Yep. And I do owner finance. I'll buy it and then I'll typically sell on a wraparound mortgage and I create a note. And right. that's my passive income and some wealth for sure. the ongoing. So those are the three things I do. That's awesome. And that came out of just, I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had to realize that as entrepreneurs, I don't compete with anybody. I create my own path. Yeah. Right. And that's if I'm right. in a mode of creation, it does, I mean, the, the market's abundant. There's so many houses. Yeah. Then that that's where I'm at right now. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very easy to get sidetracked, mm-hmm. right? So oh, let, let me ask you guys this. You know, we got about five minutes left. What what kind of advice would you give people? If you were you five years ago, both of you guys, and you were getting into this business, Derek, what, what would you give people to say, hey, man, I'm getting into this. I'm, I'm all in. I'm, you know, what would you say? There, there's three questions I tell beginning, whether it's a, an early entrepreneur or someone that wants to be, three questions. One, what exactly do you want? Most people have no clue what they want. Define they, it. They have no idea what their destination yeah, is. The, define the, the, that goal. Yeah, the second one is, Know who you are, what your resources are. Most advice given to us, that it's not that it's bad advice, it just doesn't apply to it's us. It's dangerous, man. Yeah. Free advice is the worst kind. So so, oh, so know, know your situation. Right. And then the third thing is know what costs you're willing to pay. And if you can answer those three questions, you can, you're well on your way that's smart. To, to, to blasting through yeah. the trail. And that that's probably lessons that you've learned. That's stuff I've developed <laughs> from going back from, two years From ago. not doing that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What about you, Gabe? What would you say? <clears throat> Um, I normally tell people how to get positioned. So, I mean, you know, position yourself for success. Um, I had Not get, like go F yourself, another yeah. kind of position, right? <laughs> yeah, a different, <laughs> a different position. Um, so, yeah, know your resources. So what's your time? What's your money look like? 
and how can you increase both of those? You know, so how as far as your time wise, can you farm out a couple things? Uh, another thing is get your network going, start meeting people, start going out there and just start getting out there. Um, and then the other thing, get educated. Yeah. Grab a coach, grab a mentor. Education is so huge. Get educated. Yep. Uh, don't quit your job. No. You know, just keep running. Nowadays in the market now, anyone who says, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do, I tell them don't quit. W-2 is so important right now yeah, in the investor true. community because you just see too many people taking a leap without Well, it. yeah, and, and it, you know, it's one of the things. People take a leap without the knowledge of knowing what they're doing. So this yeah. is kind of when you sharpen your axe, right? You yeah. know, you don't, yeah. Well, you know, you don't, you know, yeah. nowadays it's so, yeah. the barriers of entry are so easy mm-hmm. to, to become a wholesaler. You know, you yeah. can create a website, you can, you know, social media, yeah. you're a wholesaler, but it doesn't mean you have money coming in. Super yeah. easy to get crushed. It's super easy, man. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you got to be careful. So guys, I, I, I just love having you guys on the show and i really appreciate it again how do they get a hold of you if they want to come to your uh, event yeah. gabe or they want to talk to you about deals how do they do that yeah so you can look us up at fa- on facebook north houston rei um or nhrei and uh, you can find us there verticalhousebuyers.com uh, and then to get call me 832-263-2613 and uh, we'll pick up the phone and if somebody has just questions and they want to pick your brain i'm guessing they can do that oh just man kinda, we get yeah. it all the time i love doing that i yeah. love helping people that's great that's great Derek. how do they get a hold of you yeah <clears throat> best way is my email Derek. that's d-e-r-e-k at goodfaithhomebuyers.com absolute best way to get a hold of me Great. And and you're on Facebook as well. They can I'm, on, find I'm on Facebook as well, Derek Morrell. Great. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to our website, <clears throat> empireindustriesllc.com. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Obviously, we have tons of videos. Go to our If you go to our website, we have a lot of video blogs. I, I, I would guess we probably have well over 200 video blogs nice. of uh, yours truly <laughs> talking about just, just the stuff that we investors deal with. You know, How do you know your house is not being used as a crack meth lab? That's something that as an investor, you may want to know the signs of that, right? You know, top three ways to pick the best tenant. You know, these are things that you know by experience, huh? (laughs) Man, that's a whole other story, I tell you. Yeah. Next time I see you, I'll tell you the story about when the uh, detective called us about a hijacked (laughs) semi that was in our backyard of one of our rental properties. Oh, oh my God. And he said that what he said was, is when we raided your house, this is what we found. It was about two in the, it was about probably about two in the morning. And I said, did you say raided my house? And he says, yeah, you're the owner of such and such rental property. And I said, yeah. And he goes, it was raided. By the way, oh. you need a new door. <laughs> yeah. You need a lot of new things. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it, you know, obviously I cooperated and gave him everything he needed. And he, and he basically said, you know, you know, I'm glad you were so nice because we do have the right to confiscate the whole property because it was used. <laughs> and I was like, now it was like 2.15 a.m., you know, about <laughs> 10 minutes later as you're awake. So I, I've learned a lot of lessons, you know, we, we, we all have, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've all learned our lessons. But again, it's all about giving back. Um, and if you want to learn, we have a manual that Pete and I created, the Ultimate Landlord Survival Handbook. Uh, go to selfmanagemyproperty.com. You can get it there. We're going to be loading a bunch of free forms on there. It's going to be a great forum site. It's just going to be one of the things that all of us as investors wish we had. So I want to thank you guys for being on the show. Thank everyone for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. See you.